Mine's good. Life good! Got real close. I hear high, right? Trying to hit two thirds. Have they saved it for her? Yes, they have! Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham Scott. Alongside, as always, hello, Scott. Sean, what's happening? Well, we uh, are just coming off a successful venture at Sports Trivia, Scott. Sean, we are the greatest sports trivia-ers yes. of uh, the week. We, yes, we are. So uh, whenever you're at Sports Trivia with us, if they give a question that is mildly related to baseball stadiums in any capacity, we will win. Yeah, we've learned our expertise is baseball stadiums and the 1992 Toronto Blue Jays. <laughs> yeah, that's really where our focus is. So, uh, So a successful venture there. Not much going on generally in the world of sports in August. Uh, Some curling stuff has started to bubble up a little bit. Uh, NFL training camps, but who cares? Baseball pennant races are starting to get going a little bit. But also the FedEx Cup playoffs there, Scott, on the PGA Tour. And a lot of people who curl also golf. And, And in this country, there are a lot of curling facilities that are attached to golf courses so we thought it'd be fun to do a little bit of a cross analysis here and take a look at the top 10 players as we record this in the world golf rankings and try to figure out who their curling doppelganger is exactly not in appearance no not in appearance but in demeanor uh skill level equivalency yeah uh so sean spent a lot of time this weekend i actually did don't, thinking, don't diminish that i did actually spend a lot of time on this that's what exactly what i said oh, it sounded very sarcastic ah geez no sean spent a lot of time uh doing his research for this i did not so um i tried to watch all three godfather movies sean and and you uh, failed at that i definitely failed it was too long, too much. Each one is pretty long. Yeah, the second one was like three, three twenty or something. Oof. Uh, so I didn't have time because I was doing that. Uh, so Sean's come up with comparisons for each of the top ten golfers. Yep. And I'm going to react to them as you, as you read them to, to us. Yeah. So we will start at the uh, bottom of the list. The so the tenth, tenth place ranked golfer, Scott. This is Patrick Cantley. Yeah, Patrick Cantley from the USA. Yes. Uh, what are his notable wins? So in his career, he has two PGA Tour wins, no majors. He tied for ninth at the Masters this year. That is his best result. He has two wins in his life, and he's ranked number ten in the world. Yeah, seems crazy. I know it's kind of it's kind of bonkos. Uh, I mean, I mean, if you go look at the curling order of merit, you can find some similar things. I guess that's true. So, uh, so for me, I, I, so what I've done here is I've tried to look at each person's stats, their career as a whole, and try to uh, uh, compare them to a curler. So Patrick Cantley, what's interesting to me about him is that he is. Uh, 110th on the PGA Tour in Eagles. Okay. 
at uh, 216 holes per eagle. That's how they, That's how they measure that. Okay. He is ninth in birdies per round at 4.28. Hmm. But he is third in scoring. Okay. So even though he's not getting that many eagles, it's a lot of birdies to be top 10 in birdies. For sure. But his scoring relative to everybody else is hot, is better than the numbers to get you below par. So what that tells me is that he doesn't give up a lot of shots. Right. He's so, not so making a lot of bogues. Not, yeah, bogues. not a lot of mistakes. And he's also a younger player. He's still in his mid-20s. So he's up and coming. And the fact that he hasn't won yet means to me he's still learning how to win and compete at the highest level. So for me, Scott, I would compare him to Bruce Mowat. Ah. A young player, that team and Bruce himself, they don't give up a lot of opportunities to the other side. You really have to beat them. That's where they are, I think, in their career. And they're not going to make bad calls, have big mistakes anymore. They're a very steady team. And if you want to beat them, you got to be on your best. Mm-hmm. And you can beat them still, as people can beat Patrick, uh, beat Patrick uh, Cantley. Cantley. But he's not going to beat himself, just the way I don't think Bruce Mowat really beats himself. Yeah, they don't really beat themselves. Uh, yeah, that's a really good comparison, John. I really like that. I'm trying to think if there's any uh, Canadian comparisons we could uh, we could come to. I'm, I'm not thinking of anything off the top of my head uh, for yeah. someone who's not going to beat themselves. Yeah, I think Botcher is a little too good at this point yeah, yeah. to be compared to a Patrick Cantley. I think you're right, yeah. Uh, and I don't think a team like Matt Dunstone, Tanner Horgan, Kirk Myers, I don't think those guys are quite at that same level. No, yeah, you're right. I think that's a really apt, uh, good comparison, Sean. Thank Ready you. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll move on now to number nine. Number nine is Justin Thomas, 26-year-old player. He is first, Scott, on the PGA Tour in birdies, third in eagles, ninth, though, in scoring average. Hmm. He has uh, nine PGA Tour wins, including the 2017 PGA Championship, so one major. Uh, So, again, if you look at he's scoring well in birdies and eagles, but his overall scoring is a little weaker than what you might expect given, I mean, to be first in birdies, third in eagles is kind of crazy. That's pretty nuts, yeah. And ninth overall in scoring, though. So that means he's giving some shots back yeah. in other holes, but he's come through, he's won a major, and he's been there at the highest level. So my comp here, Scott, Silvana Tiranzoni. Hmm. Again, a team that is very good. They've obviously demonstrated that they can win at the highest level. They are the reigning world, world champions. champions. But they're also a team that we see this on tour quite frequently that they'll show up to a Grand Slam and go 0-4. So they can yeah. give stuff back a little bit. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good one. The PGA Championship, I think everybody would say, is the lowest of the majors. Yeah. The, the worst of the majors. And... Uh, so maybe I would give give this comparison to a team like uh, Reed Carruthers, you know. Uh, they'll come and they'll win sort of those lesser tournaments. Uh, I believe they won the, the uh, Elite Ten one year. Great. Uh, and so, yeah, great. Who cares? R.I.P. Elite Ten. Good riddance. Yeah. But uh, that was sort of the, the name that jumped to mind uh, when you were talking about they, they are good at 
getting it done, but they can also show up and lay eggs when right. the moment gets a little much. Right. I just think, though, that Sylvana Terenzoni has had more success For than sure. Reed Carruthers. And I think winning a major is equivalent he, of a world championship. I mean, it's 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 bigger than anything that Reed Carruthers has won in the curling world. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think it's a fair comp there. So we'll move on to the number eight ranked player in the world, Bryson DeChambeau. Bryson DeChambeau. That's your fourth American in, or third American in a row? Yeah. Look out. So uh, Bryson DeChambeau, younger than I thought he was. He's only 25 years old hmm. uh, here. He is all around pretty good, a pretty good player. Uh, 38th in driving distance, 52nd in driving accuracy, uh, 10th in birdies, 22nd in scoring. So good player. Hasn't won a major yet. Hasn't had a top 10 in a major yet, but he's won five times on the tour. And all of the peripheral stats are good to slightly above average. Okay. So he's a player who could break out and could go on and and win a couple majors in his career. So I'm cheating a little bit with this one. But the comp that I have is Brandon Botcher... In the summer of 2018. Okay, so one summer ago. Yeah. Young, right. young player with, who's really good, obviously a lot of talent, but room on the fringes around the edge of the game to really tighten everything up yep. and really go on a run. Okay, okay. That's a pretty good comparison. The first thing that sprang to mind for me, uh, obviously I'm hearing all of this <laughs> just now, Yeah, was uh, Minji Kim out of Korea. Okay. Yeah, the the young team, you know, that's had a lot of success, you know, won a, a World Cup leg. Yep. Uh, they they've done well in juniors, so silver uh, medal, silver medal. Yeah, not a, no the Minji Kim this year. Oh, sorry, team. excuse me. Yes, I'm thinking of the other Kim. This team. year's My team, apologies. but yes. uh, made the playoffs there at the World Championships, and yes, and so that's sort of the the comp that comes first to mind for me. Okay, so next up is number six, John Rahm. John Rahm from Spain. Yes, the Spaniard there. He is a really good resume here. No majors. His best finish in a major was third at this year's United States Open. He is seventh in birdies, tenth in scoring average, eight wins around the world. So a really good player. Mm-hmm. Um, he's always going to be around. He's going to compete. Like I, I feel as though whenever I look at a golf scoreboard, he's up. Like yeah, Not necessarily like... not necessarily in the top five is on the first page first second page like top 15 30 uh in that range very frequently whenever i check into these events but again he's never won a major and i don't think he's really ever threatened in a major with to any great degree so for this one i have come up with peter de cruz hmm. team that's always there always competitive you have to beat them they're not going to roll over they play really well, but when you're thinking of who's going to win the world championship, you're not thinking Peter de Cruz. Right. They're sort of on that level down. Yeah, one step down. Yeah, and and uh for me it's gonna be um it, it's gonna be Anna Anna Sidorova. Sidorova. Yeah, it's gonna be Anna Sidorova. I was debating between Kubitskov and and Sidorova. Yeah, okay. But yeah, Sidorova, who they for three years in a row, I think, uh, were in the final of the Europeans. Yeah. Right. So they're always challenging on the European scale 
but when it came to the worlds, they were always there as well, but couldn't quite finish. Right. So uh, looking at uh, John Rahm, he's got uh, some good stats on the European tour as yep. well as on the PGA tour. So uh, that's sort of a, a comparison that I come up with. But uh, yeah. Peter DeCruz, same same story, right? Right. And all this, all these people we're talking about are young-ish. I think Peter DeCruz and Ben Washboy is a little older mm-hmm. than the other people we're talking about. But still with a lot of time left in their careers sure. to, to go on to... Uh, to break through at the next level. Yeah, they they're super talented, so For sure. So, next up, the number 6 player in the world. I was shocked by this. University of Toronto alum. Whoa. Fran- Francesco Molinari. University of Toronto, no yeah, way. Apparently he has a business degree from the University of Toronto. Born in Turin, Italy, and has a business degree from U of T. I was stunned How when I saw that. How about that? So, Fran, Francesco, one of the older players on this list, he, of course, won the Open Championship last summer at Carnoustie. He's a guy who, he does, okay, so his stats, right? He can't compete with some of the younger guys in various areas. 140th in driving distance, 172nd in greens and regulation, but Scott, Second in sand, sand saves. saves. Yeah. So the one that I came up with here, John Schuster. Ah, gets into trouble. Right. Gets into trouble, pulls himself out of it. Yeah. Had one magical run. <laughs> right. Molinari had that magical great run last year. Yeah. That and this one took me a long time to come up. Like I thought Pat Simmons 2015 Briar. That was a fun run. I thought Jeff Stoughton, but Jeff Stoughton, I think, was more successful than Molinari in the comp. And then it hit me. John Schuster gets into trouble, pulls himself out of trouble. Magical week. Yeah, that's a really great comparison. Uh, Like you say, he's he's sort of always around, right? But but like you say, that one magic week where he was able to go and win. uh, Yeah. Yeah, I, and I and two great. and like John Schuster, like from a country that has some history of success that we've covered in the past at curling at yeah. the world level. Same thing. Italy has some success in the past, but it's not really a curling powerhouse, right? When you you know you don't think of Italy when you're thinking of the top golfing nations in the world. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a nice little comp there as well. Yeah, I, yeah, that's a really good uh, really good comparison. I like that one. Don't have a, I don't have one <laughs> to offer as uh, a counter. All right. So number five player in the world is Eldrick Woods. Now, you might be more familiar with him uh, by his uh, name, Tiger. That uh, Tiger Woods, 15 major championships, most recently, of course, this year at the Masters. Argument that he is the best player of all time. Certainly the best active player uh, in terms of just overall career accomplishments. For sure. So I'm going with Kevin Cooey. I think that Kevin Cooey is, he's definitely the most decorated active player mm-hmm. at this point. I, I think you have to put him above Glenn Howard at this point in terms of sort of accomplishments. So I'm going with Kevin Cooey. And I think you can make a case right with, with, Tiger Woods, it's him or Jack Nicholas, really, in terms of greatest. Greatest, yeah. And I think with uh, Kevin Cooey, it's him or Kevin Martin. And 
you know, I think when we're at the point where it's either you or this other guy, it's that's the point I think we're at with both of them. Interesting. Uh, either him or Kevin Martin, hey? Who am I missing? No, I think it's for sure Kevin Martin. <laughs> okay. I don't even think it's close. But uh, okay, okay. I could see Kevin Cooey for sure. Did you give any thought to other people for this? I did think about Glenn Howard, but I, I, again, like I said, I just think Kevin Cooey okay. is more decorated. Okay, because part of me thinks uh, maybe... You yeah. could go. Jen- you could talk me to Jennifer Jones. Yeah, yeah. That that's one for sure. I was sort of thinking of uh, Jacobs, Brad Jacobs, only because of the temperament. Okay. That Brad Jacobs brings to the game, where we always see Tiger Woods slamming his club. Less now, but way uh, less now. Admittedly, yeah. uh, we always see him slamming his club, getting really intense. Yeah. So I could see the temperament going along with a Brad Jacobs. Right. But I agree. Like he's not even close to the. On skill, the career yeah. accomplishments for sure, for sure. Yeah. So, but Jennifer Jones, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jennifer the, Jones is one everything dominance for a long period of time. Actually, Scott, as I was doing this, uh, take a guess, Scott. When do you think the last time that there was a Scotty's Tournament of Hearts in which Jennifer Jones and Rachel Homan uh, that neither of them we're in the top three. We're in the top three. Yeah. Oh boy. When was the last time do you, you think we had a gold? So they didn't have a bronze right. before, but right because the, the loser of the semifinal. Because this year would have been Rachel Holman got silver. So even though Jennifer Jones didn't make the playoffs, yeah. Uh, I think you're gonna have to go back to 2004. That is absolutely right. Yeah. 2004 when Colleen Jones. Beat Mary Franz LaRouche. Yes. And if you want to get crazy, you have to go back to the 90s for a Scotty's without a Jones or Holman winning uh, or being in being the top in the, three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty insane. Yeah. It's yeah. been very highly concentrated. So, yeah, I think Kevin Cooey, if you're looking for a male comp, I think Jennifer Jones, if you're looking for a, a, a overall comp, might be a better fit. Yeah, I, I like both of those. Now you mentioned Brad Jacobs. We may or may not talk about him later. Next up, though, <laughs> on the list, number four is Justin Rose. It's funny because I think I know who you're going to compare pick. him to. Um, so uh, Justin Rose, he is the number four ranked golfer in the world. He is sixth in scoring average, but 148th in driving accuracy, 161st in greens in reg. He has one major the 2013 United States Open. He is mm-hmm. 39 years old. So here's a guy, Scott, obviously a lot of skill to be able to be sixth in scoring average, but he's doing it in weird ways because he doesn't put the ball in the fairway as often as other people. Yeah. And he's not on the green as often as other people with birdie putts. Right. He's chipping and, and saving par. and Yeah. And sort of being very unorthodox. And he has the one big championship. Okay. So... That compares him to Jean-Michel Menard. Oh, this one I like. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going with Jean-Michel Menard here. You know, always when he shows up, he's going to be competitive, just like Justin Rose. He's, mm-hmm. he's competitive. You're not surprised to see him doing well exactly. in a tournament and demonstrated that he can win at the highest levels, and but not consistently. Right. So, and that was Jean-Michel Menard. Showed up, competed, and got that one big breakthrough. Yeah, exactly. That one breakthrough 
in, in sort of a, a magical year. Was it 2006, 2005 or 2006, uh, where he goes and, and wins the Briar and goes to the Worlds. And yeah, that's like a really great comparison because Justin Rose has been around for a long time. Yeah. You know, it, it, I would sort of compare him a little bit to Sergio Garcia if mm. you're comparing golfers to, to each other. You know, they've yeah. both been around. We're sort of the next big thing that was going to come. Uh, for both of them, it took them a while to win their first major. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and Jean-Michel Menard, I say, is is a similar case there. So I, I quite like that. I quite like that. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate your support, Scott. Hey, if I'm not supporting... Then what am I here for? <laughs> All right. The number three player in the world is Rory McIlroy. He is the first in scoring average, the third in birdies, and of course, most importantly this season as we record this, number two on tour in money, hmm. having won $7.3 million as we record this. Of course, he had that big run between 2012 and 2014, or excuse me, 2011 and 2014, winning four major championships in that stretch, and he was billed as the next big thing. Yeah, he is the next Tiger Woods. So for this one, in terms of that career path, not anything to do with demeanor or behavior okay. or popularity with the crowds. You're going. Brad this is where Jacobs. I'm going with Brad Jacobs. Brad Jacobs and, and that team, of course, had a similar rise. Like they they sh- they were there. I remember there was one year they missed the Briar playoffs on the last night of the competition where they were not playing. Mm-hmm. And there was the shots of them all night up in the, the team box. And when the games ended, I can't remember who won for them to get knocked out. And they left and there was that disappointment. But there was a sense of that was the first time there. Yeah. This is the next thing. And the same thing was there with Rory McIlroy. He was there as a young player, showed up, was competitive and and. Then he had this big breakthrough there mm-hmm. in 2011 when he wins his first major, goes on the run, wins two majors in 2014, which is coincidentally the same time that Brad, Brad Jacobs, Jacobs has his big breakthrough at the Olympics, mm-hmm. running through the field at the trials there in December 13, and then having the success over in Sochi. And then since then, for both players, it's been a case of can they sustain it? And obviously, neither has been able to sustain in the five years since. Mm-hmm. And so now people are starting to wonder, can they get it back? Is that passion, desire there? And in both cases, they've, they've, they're married. Uh, Brad has started a family. Mm-hmm. And there's just this wondering of now that they're in their 30s, can they recapture what they had five years ago? So again, nothing to do with demeanor, but just the arc of their careers mm-hmm. feels very similar to me. Yeah, that's a, a good one for sure, for sure. I thought a little bit about Eve Muirhead okay. uh, in the sense that she sort of came onto the scene roaring uh, at the 2010 Olympics when she was still quite young. Uh, obviously didn't have the same amount of success right away that uh, Rory McIlroy had, but had a lot of success there in the early 2010s. Uh, and the last few years has been going down a little bit. Yeah. Of course, injuries play into that. Uh, I, I don't believe Rory McIlroy has got the same sort of injury history uh, as Eve Muirhead, but uh, uh, maybe I was just looking to the uh, the islands there. Uh, yeah, that's for, for they sound similar. Uh, well, uh, similar, but maybe not. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, he obviously has the highs and the lows. Uh, we did see Brad Jacobs' team make the playoffs at the Briar 
four years in a row. Yeah. So uh, they don't show up and miss. But no, they did almost you know lose their Northern Ontario. Yeah, which would times. be which would be similar to Roy McIlroy missing the cut at the previous uh, Open Championship in Northern Ireland. Yeah. just about a month ago. Yeah, so. and same thing. I think Roy McIlroy has a couple of top tens in majors over these past five years. Yeah, so you know, getting close but not being able to get over the hump again. Yeah, for sure. And there's a great video too. Uh, of course, he was engaged to Carolyn uh, Wozniacki, the tennis player. Yes, and they broke that off. There's a great video that the European Tour did. And it's a kid, seven or eight years old, who interviews players. Yeah. And he's interviewing Matt, Roy McElroy. And this is not that long after the engagement broke off. And the kid hands him a pair of wool socks. And Roy goes, what are these for? And he says, well, it's in case your feet get cold again. <laughs> and it's this really brilliant uh, moment uh, of subversiveness from the producers to have the kid do this. Does he, does he laugh at it? He does. Yeah. Okay, good. He does. Um, so, uh, moving on, number two, Dustin Johnson. DJ. So, soon, the soon-to-be Dustin Kretzky? I don't know if they're married yet. Uh, uh, they're partners. Polly, okay, him and Polly and Gretzky uh, are together. Dustin Johnson, very tall and lean. We saw him when we were over at the Open yeah, last year. There, we, yeah. He sort of walked right past us on the 10th tee. Uh, tall guy. Yeah, 6'4", Sean. 6'4". Yeah, so he uh, here's here's a guy. He has one major championship, the 2016 United States Open. He is the f- fifth in birdies. He is fifth in scoring average on tour. But he also is 179th in driving accuracy. Mm-hmm. He is 185th in eagles on tour, 53rd in greens and regulation. So a really good player. Obviously, he's the number two player in the world. He has a major championship. Mm-hmm. But you often forget about how good he is because of the mistakes and the failures that he has, and the very public failures mm-hmm. that, to his credit, he's owned up to as well, that he's very yeah. honest when he makes mistakes. There was uh, famously in one of the U.S. Opens, he grounded his club in a right and where it didn't look like it was a bunker, but they ruled it as a bunker. Is that somebody called in that? infraction or i can't i can't remember the specifics of it but it basically cost him the tournament yeah uh there and so those are the things you think of it's it's he's been successful in his career but when you think of him you don't necessarily immediately think of the wins okay so for me the comp is going to be chelsea carey Ooh. Uh, again a player who's really good but you forget how good she is because she took so long to get out of manitoba and the first time she does is when Jennifer Jones is going to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And then she changes teams all the time. There's no consistency there. So what does that mean? What does that say about her as a player? Right. Uh, we've seen her, and she and again, she's very open and, and admits to when she makes mistakes, sometimes she gets too in her head and she gets too focused. Mm-hmm. You think of the final of the Roar of the Rings leading into the Olympics, and the, the, that final was bad. And I went into the game and I said, unless Chelsea Carey scores two, two as the first score of the game, two or more, the game is over. Because for whatever reason, at least with me, she just doesn't inspire that level of confidence in big moments. And that's kind of how I feel about Dustin Johnson, too. If Dustin mm. Johnson is standing over a six-foot putt to win a tournament, I'm, I don't have that much confidence that he's going to make it. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. Fair enough. 
Uh, I'm reading here that he was only the third player in tour history to win a title on the tour in each of his first 12 seasons. It's impressive. Which is really incredible. So he won a tournament on the PGA Tour in 12 straight years. It's pretty incredible. Only Jack Nicklaus and Tiger Woods had done that before. He's he's really great. Uh, I would lean towards Nicholas Adin, if only. I think Nicholas Adin is better though. But that's it. I think in the last two years, Nicholas Adin's team has taken that step to the next level to prove that uh, they're in the upper, upper, upper tier now. Obviously, yeah. DJ is number two in the world rankings. Right. So he's great. Yeah. Uh, no question. Great, great player. Great. As is, again, Chelsea Carey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great player. Undeniably great player. So I think your comp is a little better than mine. I'll, I'll admit that. <laughs> so, uh, so let's move on. The number one player in the world is Brooks Kepka. Brooksy. He, uh, of course, famously does not practice, just shows up in place. Uh, he has won four majors in the past two years. The, 19, the 17 and 18 U.S. Opens and the 18 and 19 PGA Championships. He is uh, 179th in driving accuracy, Scott. 185th in Eagles. 53rd in Greens in Reg. But 5th in scoring. Can I can I guess your comp? Please. Is it uh, Darcy Robertson? Just shows up and wins? No, it's not. <laughs> but that's that would be a, a good one. Actually, sorry. I just read Dustin Johnson's stats. My apologies. Uh, Brooksy 13th in driving distance. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that yeah. makes a lot more sense. Uh, 9th in greens and reg. 96th in, in driving accuracy, so not much better. 21st in the birdies there. 14 career wins, seven on seven of which come on the PGA Tour, and I said the four majors. Mm-hmm. But again, Scott, a guy who you know doesn't really practice that much, focuses clearly on the major championships, wins when he needs to win when the lights are the brightest that's right at the big events might not win week out when week in week out on tour so this is where i'm going with nicholas adin who you just mentioned that this team there's been a lot of criticism or there was a lot of criticism on tour or on twitter this season that they weren't winning grand slams that they wouldn't win. This is this really happened after the World Championship. That they wouldn't have these World Championships if they were playing out of Canada, because when they play the Canadian teams at the Grand Slams, they don't do as well as they do at a World Championship. Okay. And okay, but again, it's a team that is pretty much solely focused on winning the European and World Championships. Everything else in the middle, yes, they want to win, but it's all in service of getting to that point. And that seems to be how Brooks Kepka treats the PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. Like, it's nice, and if I win, great. I'll take the check for $900,000 or a million bucks. I'm not going to turn it down. But the Waste Management Open is not my focus. Right, that's not the reason he's out there playing. Right, and I really get that sense from Nicholas Adine. Uh, and I really got that sense being around them a little bit around them in the media area and just seeing how they answered questions at the Continental Cup this year. Right. That their focus was for these seasons, Europeans, World Championship, with the larger purpose of the Olympics. Sure, sure. And uh, Kepka is one of these guys that we talked about when we were thinking of doing this episode. We talked about it 
And the the name that came to mind for me was uh, John Morris. Right. Obviously, he he sort of in the last few years, his focus has not been on the tour day to day. You know, yep. playing out of BC with Jim Cotter for for all those years. His focus was on getting to the Briar and doing well at the Briar. Yes. They didn't really play much on tour. He didn't really care much about all the other stuff. That was his goal. And since then, it's become mixed doubles. But even then, it's like mixed doubles is his focus. And he doesn't want to take away from that focus by doing other things in the four-person game. So, plus, like, amazing skill, amazing talent. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that so that was sort of the name that just jumped into my head when we talked about Brooks Kepka. Earlier. Yeah, I, I think that's fair too. Uh, I, yeah, John Morris is a, a really good comp. Maybe has reached to higher highs or at least more longevity than Kepka, I would argue. But he's yeah. also eight, nine, ten years older. Yeah, sure. Uh, than Brooks Kepka. So, uh, but yeah, I think that's a, another fair comp because at his peak with Morris, the, the argument might be he wasn't skipping, so it wasn't him making those shots, right. but. Right, and uh, we saw it there in 2015 at the Briar, where when he was skipping, they make that switch midweek. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah, so it's true. Like I only pick skips here. Uh, I didn't pick anybody else. But part of that is in golf, like you're responsible for yeah, it, right? And and yeah. so much as Brad Gushu, of course, says, you know, it's key. Like it's about the skip. Exactly. Right? You got to have a good team to put you in a position to win. But if the skip is no good, then, then it doesn't it. matter what the other three people do. Yeah, right on. So uh, that was kind of fun. Yeah, so there you go. Those are our comps for the top 10 golfers in the world as we enjoy the FedEx Cup playoffs leading into the Tour Championship. That's right. And with that, of course, Scott, means that curling season is nearly upon us. It is, Sean. So we will start to get back into some more of the curling analysis as we start to look forward to september and fall all that stuff beautiful colors shorter days all that crap yeah we're gonna bring our microphone uh, on our road trip there yeah, i think we could yeah. uh maybe reach out to some folks down there in uh, atlanta maybe go down to the peach tree uh, club we'll see what we can uh, pull off there uh, as we uh, look forward to the new curling season here in the nation's capital. So thanks everybody for tuning in. If you have not yet, please do subscribe to the show, Apple, Google, all those places where you can get it, like and rate. Keep the show going and uh, gives us some feedback too about what you want to hear. And if you want to give us any other feedback, find us on Instagram and Twitter at Game of Stones Pod. Scott's on both those platforms at Scott Likes TV. I'm on Twitter at Dr. Shawnee. Beaver, and you can always email the show at Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com. So we'll be back with you again next week. But until then, keep those brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final.